0: What's going on, everyone? <laughs> What's going on? I'm 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 done doing intros about this is the DC Incense podcast episode 9. Uh, <laughs> nah, we are doing it different this time. Okay. So everyone, we have
1: my brother over here. If you can see. Please introduce yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I would like to begin by first thanking the DC Incentive Podcast for mm. having me on as a guest. It's an honor. Mm. Uh, my name is Samuel O. Alarape. The O is for outstanding. All right. Um, I like that. I'm from Harlem, born Harlem, bred. Mm. Coming from Harlem Hospital, um, went to school in Harlem. Went to college in Manhattan, Hunter yeah. College graduate. Mm. When I was in the college, I was active in the student government. I actually emerged to become the president of the undergraduate student government at Hunter College. Okay. okay? okay. Representing 15,000 students. Mm. You know, so we did some good things when we were active in the college scene. hmm Afterwards, um, I joined the Nigerian Youth Organization. Mm. And, my, and that's another thing about me. Um, I was born in America, but my parents are Nigerian immigrants. Mm-hmm. So they came here in, I believe, 74. Okay. I was born in 76, notably October 3rd, 1976, which is also the same day of the passage of the Immigration and Nationality Act Mm -hmm. Which black Americans fought for Mm -hmm. So for me I consider that special You know being born on the day That that act was put into place In response to America's Racist policy In which at that time Most immigrants were only Allowed from northern Europe Mm So Asians Hispanics Africans, Caribbeans Only small percentages were allowed in the country Mm -hmm. The vast majority were You know, Northern European, and so the activities of the civil rights movement. And one of the after effects was this whole change in attitude about Uh everything that was race based. Uh And so it came down to not just desegregation, right? It came down to evaluation of everything during that time. Because during that time, America was going through a cultural transformation. And so one of the things they noticed was the Racist elements of the immigration policy. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of opened the door, you know? Okay. Gotcha. So it was one of those extra um, consequences of the civil rights movement. It was one of those games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was born in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, member of Nigerian Youth Organization, <coughs> became the vice president in time, and then, um, over the years, I've just been involved. You know, I've been involved with campaigns, congressional mm-hmm. campaigns, city council campaigns, uh, assembly in Harlem and in the Bronx. Okay. Okay. So, so I was not only politically active in school, but also outside of school. Mm. And I eventually got involved with uh, Black Channel Films, okay. where I became a co-producer with Executive producer Jason Black, where you know, I helped him with his seven AM documentary, mm. Gentrified the Ethnic Cleansing American Style. Powerful documentary. Which I'm in by the way. That's nice. one of my favorite. <laughs> and Race War. And mm. so we've used the documentaries as a mechanism for educating black society on what we think are the biggest problems facing black people. Mm-hmm. Obviously right. the, right. the lack of black businesses is one yeah we don't have a black economy because we don 't have enough businesses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gentrification is a big issue it's huge it's and right we explored that issue from a race based standpoint. We were the first to do it, and then we also explored the topic of are we in a race war and mm-hmm. we feel that we covered that topic yes very comprehensively powerful. powerful because we can see it's very that, powerful you know there's a war being waged against black people mm-hmm. but yeah. I would like to say that it's not even really a race war because so many of us don't relate to it as a war. It's more like a race slaughter. Mm-hmm. And we need to wake up to the fact that, you know, society is waging war on black people because we're mm-hmm. looking at as the prey mm-hmm. in this economic and political jungle called America.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. So, so so let me let me ask you, what made you be this enlightened person to be uh, a a solution and um, someone that wants to solve problems uh,
1: in America. Mm. I think what has helped me become enlightened is a certain level of consciousness and commitment. And I believe the consciousness comes from the things I was exposed to as a child. Mm-hmm. So for example Fat Albert right <laughs> Was something oh, my. that my father Made me watch okay. you know? He wanted me to watch these black cartoons Right <laughs> In the 80s <laughs> uh, <laughs> In the 80s um, There was something called black news Okay And so even though I didn't understand it right That was a staple in my okay. house Yeah Black news Black news Yes I don't know if you You guys are probably too young to remember it. No No Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, I grew I grew up with like it is. You remember like it is. Like it is. Like, right. Gil Noble. Right. Yes. Is, is that like what Black News was? Yes. Oh, Okay. Black News. All right, that makes sense.
1: I don't remember the brother's name, but it was a Dawson brother with a big beard, kind of looks like a looks like me a little bit, right? <laughs> and he he had a fro too, a, a, a big fro, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, Soul Train. I, I used to love Soul oh, Train yeah. growing yeah. up. I'm talking way back then, and, and then Right And then there was shows Like Good Times Yeah That The only time that my family Ever got together As a family unit Was when Good Times came on
2: You're kidding Yes Wow And my family Jesus
1: They loved Good Times mm. The Jefferson Sanford and Son You know All these um, Different black sitcoms Yeah Going into the 90s The Cosby show mm. So all those things helped Going through school Um at the age of seventeen, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm. So that's what made you change? Uh, uh, whoa, whoa, I, 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 whoa! You that, just, you it, just,
0: you just, you just like, jumping, man. Let the man explain himself. There's no way. I don't know if it made me change. What <laughs> well, your perspective on like just black empowerment itself? It gave me more clarity. So oh. you me All right.
2: kind of shape.
0: You. Yeah, kind of. Oh, right,
2: be- before, before Rich puts thoughts in your brain, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> talk to me about how the autobiography of Malcolm X changed your life. What about its contents changed your perspective?
1: The autobiography of Malcolm X mm-hmm. was a story, right? It was an inspiring story of transformation. And when we talk about transformation, it's about each person. Becoming the best version of themselves, mm-hmm. that's what transformation is all about, right? It's not about changing the core of who you are. It's about actualizing your best self. okay and it's about okay. transcending yourself to become the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in history too many people epitomize that more than Malcolm X.
2: You know, striving to be him I yeah. mean Would you say in a way That Malcolm X Sort of represented Or was the result Of the pursuit Of the American dream
1: He was The pursuit Of the African I'm trying to think Of the best word Not the American dream Because okay. America's a nightmare For black people <laughs> oh.
2: Okay You're right about that
1: He was The representation Of African glory
2: of African glory. Not yes. American glory, but African glory. African glory. Why did you make that distinction? The why did you like why did you see it as an African vision and not an American vision?
1: Because Malcolm X is an African. And Malcolm X at the core was a Pan-African. He was born into Pan-Africanism. His father was a Garveyite. Mm-hmm. And so when Malcolm X transcended himself to become the best version of himself, mm-hmm. he was going back to the core of who he was, mm-hmm. which was an African.
2: So then, what did you think about his trip to Mecca when he saw that all of, like, the Muslim people, when he went on a trip to Mecca, he saw all of them as his brothers and sisters? Does that take away from some of his Pan-African ideals or no?
1: Absolutely not. Um, His trip to Mecca was part of his transformation. Mm -hmm. And when we go through a process of transformation, we're going to face some obstacles, right? Right. But we're also going to get new data. That shapes the way we look at things, and so Malcolm saw from a philosophical and theoretical standpoint
3: mm-hmm. the
1: possibilities of Islam. He saw Islam as a regulating force where it can regulate the behaviors of not just black people but also of white people, okay. so he saw it from that standpoint mm-hmm. and there's some truth to that you know um uh my friend once said. And this may seem off-topic, but it's, it's connected to the same thing, right? All right, okay. He said that, um now, nah, I'm about to say something controversial, right? Okay, he be said, careful. It's, I'm about to say something controversial. All right. My friend the other day said that a lot of Western women, right, okay. w- whether they're black or white, mm-hmm. there's a mentality that they have that's materialistic and money-oriented, right? Okay. And so a lot of times you can come into problems in terms of long-term relationships with Mm -hmm. Western women Mm -hmm. if the money problem is an issue in the relationship, right? He said sometimes it's good to deal with a woman that has a guided that is guided by a religious philosophy, Mm -hmm. whatever that philosophy is, Mm -hmm. because that being guided by that philosophy could regulate their behavior to prevent them from doing things in the relationship. That is evil, that can, you know, um, that, that is a, a breakaway from morality, right? Okay. And so he said sometimes that's good. Sometimes, and this applies to men too, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you feel that there's a higher power, and that higher power can punish you for doing wrong to other people, right? Right. It can regulate your behavior. And I believe Malcolm saw the possibility of Islam in that way. Unfortunately, when he first came back to America To share his experiences mm-hmm. He didn't realize that he was used By the media Especially the liberal media mm-hmm. To um, He was used to promote Confusion when he first came back
0: and so, and so So, so what, for, for our audience right mm-hmm. A lot of people Have not heard the word uh, or, the t- or you can say Title Pan-Africanism
1: mm-hmm. So what is
2: it? Mm, that's a good one What is Pan-Africanism?
1: Okay Years ago Me and a group of Nigerians okay. Decided to you know, Get together to discuss Pan-Africanism Right? And what we thought it was So each one of us Were assigned the task Of coming up with our definitions And this was 10 years ago mm-hmm. So what I did was at that time I actually wrote out a comprehensive definition of pan Africanism. Right, okay, right, and I okay, been able to it I like okay. it. Okay. I like it. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to read it word for word, and then I'll try to simplify it. All right. I wrote down answer to question three: Pan Africanism. Mm-hmm. What is pan-africanism? The philosophies and practices associated with the promotion, espousal, indoctrination, education, socialization and actualization of unifying african people, cultures, nations, nation-states,
3: mm-hmm.
1: languages, mm-hmm. traditional practices Empirical knowledge, senses of learning, laws, codes of conduct, collaborative nation-building efforts, security, defense, and the political, social, and economic development directed towards the creation of a federation that functions as the United States of Africa. Pan-Africanism, accepts the fundamental principle that African empowerment and self-determination is achieved only through global African unity. Mm. An irrational love and fanatical infatuation with all things truly African and an African synergy rooted in the irrefutable fact that the concept of African independence and liberated development can only be realized <coughs> When all progressive Africans Recognize that the Aggregate concentration Of collective planning and action Is always greater Than individualized, localized Or regionalized efforts Almost finished Finally Pan-Africanism is a commitment By all self-respecting Black people in the world To work towards the obliteration Of all old and modern Forms of Mm -hmm. slavery and colonialism Reclaim their African heritage And to govern all aspects of codified Thoughts and behaviors In line with the basic understanding That we are all interconnected Stakeholders In the rebuilding of bridges, networks And the sustainable relationships That will transform Africa And enable her to rise to world power status mm. That was my definition Of Pan-Africanism
2: Now I understand why it wasn't in the Merriam Dictionary Because that is the I, think you're, I think you I've heard I think you yeah. I think it <laughs> every single corner that you possibly can <laughs> yes yeah, really that's did. the best way I could put it and to, simplify to simplify that it. right that's what I was gonna say to, to simplify, simplify it for like it. an eighth grade how would you are it, we doing that? Oh my, are we really doing the, this
0: now right? do we really, really
1: doing this we really doing this I'm ready Simplify. Like, like, okay. Yes. The, the smart agri or smart or not so smart. The dumbest eighth grader you define. <laughs> okay. the I understand. <laughs> <though>. I
3: don't <laughs> use those words, Because I understand. Right. Okay. Exactly.
1: To break it down simply. Okay. Pan Africanism is simply mm. the political, cultural, social, and economic unification of all African peoples. That's what it is. So I don't
2: understand what you read on that. You could have just said that. That was. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yes. Not I applaud
0: to that. Mm. I appreciate. Yes. I applaud to that. That's a. So, Yo, know, listen. Listen.
1: So you can kind of say unity in right? It's unity. Yeah. It's unity, but it takes into account that there are two approaches to unity, right? Mm-hmm. There were two prominent Pan Africanists, Kwame Krumah. And Namdi Azikiwe from Nigeria. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kwame Krumah, many people say would have been more influential if he had a bigger country. Mm-hmm. You know, Ghana's small compared to other African countries yes. and it's very small compared to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But Kwame Krumah believed that all African nations should unify immediately to counter European power. Right. Yeah. So that's what he felt. It felt that it was an imperative and that there should be a United States of Africa. And he said now, pan-Africanism now, now, now. Kwame Nkrumah. I mean, Nnamdi um, Azikiwe had a different approach. He felt that it had to take place over a period of time. And that because newly independent African states just gained power, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be ready to just cede their power to a United States of Africa. You know? Mm-hmm. Power is intoxicating. And so he felt that the countries needed to get time to get used to To operate as independent nations first Mm -hmm. And to unify within the countries first Before building those bridges To other countries He also felt that there had to be A push Towards a language system Where all Africans can communicate Mm -hmm. A push towards a passport system Where all Africans can travel To all parts of Africa And so he felt it had to be A progressive process Something that wasn't to be rushed Now who was right? Kwame Krumah or well, we, we have time to reflect on that now. Yeah. What would what you guys say?
2: Well, I would say historically, the slow approach would probably make the most logical sense. Mm-hmm. But when you take a look at the Western capitalization of all the resources of Africa, mm-hmm. I could understand why Nkrumah's immediacy and the requirement for immediacy right. was... Enacted. That's why he practiced it. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it's part of the reason why he died. But I think immediacy think is the correct response. I think immediacy is the correct response. I think you have to find a language, find a currency, find a passport. You get all three together, and you implement that amongst the African people. And I think that's how you start
1: unifying. Could that be done immediately? Could that be done? It could be done <coughs> relatively
2: quickly. Like, it could mm-hmm. be done within a year. You would have to have some sort of universal African accord where you take all of the African nations together, mm-hmm. sort of like how Europeans would you know, would have done, did in the, in the EU, and sort of have, like, a Congress saying, okay, this is the African dollar. You know what I mean? If you have an African passport, you can travel whatever you want within the continent, sort of like how Europeans do. Mm-hmm. with uh, with the within the eu and uh, in terms of um, a language, I honestly think it 's there staring us in the face and it 's just growing in popularity and I think the answer is Ki Swahili. Mm-hmm. I believe Swahili is a Bantu language um, it 's an eastern language it 's the fastest growing language in all of the continent of Africa, and mm-hmm. I think it will be an excellent i mean Western Africans haven't embraced it yet, but I think it would be an excellent <coughs> unifier. For getting all of Africa together, and I, all of those things could be done immediately. I mean, there have been there have been there have been politicians in African nations that made it mandatory for African children to learn Swahili. If they did that across the continent, I think that would be a huge help. I think it would be a huge help for Pan Africanism. So yeah, to make a long story short, immediacy I think is the
1: right approach. Immediacy is the right approach. Immediacy is the right approach. Do you, does everybody else agree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I like your answer um, I do like, <laughs> your I answer like your answer I do It is um, I agree the immediacy, <laughs> okay. the immediacy is a good approach If enough people understand that mm-hmm. And so the problem right. And history has absolved us Because now we can look back Five to six decades And mm-hmm. see what worked Mm-hmm Immediacy would have been good if the consciousness was there, but the problem was the consciousness was not there amongst, first of all, different African nations and amongst many different African peoples. And I like to use Nigeria as an example. Even in Nigeria now, there's still this debate whether there should be a pan Nigerianism, meaning are all black people in Nigeria Nigerians, mm-hmm. or should There should be a balkanization Meaning Should the Country be divided Based on ethnic group And based on language And culture Mm. Mm -hmm. So That debate Is still raging on Within Nigeria And I mentioned Nigeria But this is going on Throughout the continent Mm -hmm. So you have Divisionists Versus nationalists In every country So So do you think The English language
0: Is Pan-Africanism Because Because English is not the origin language for black people. So, do you think English is Pan-Africanism?
1: English English is the colonizer's language. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. English is not an African language, right? French, not not an African language, right? However, I believe that English and French can be tools that are used by Pan-Africanists. I feel that um, at this stage, because of the international reach of both of these languages, and because most of Africa was colonized by the English or the French, it would be sensible for African countries to make it a policy that, in addition to the indigenous languages, that every African should also know English and French. That way, it makes it easier for any African to go to any place in Africa and to communicate, to socialize, and to do business with any other African. I believe that's a step. Mm. Ultimately, I believe that um, we can take either the smallest African language or the one with the potential for the most reach or even invest in creating an African language that has elements of every single African country. That's good mm-hmm. That's good. That, that would be my approach That's good. I I an odd
2: one What about Creole? Creole? Yeah uh, Same no. issue Same issue It's has broken French, French. Of, Yeah okay. It's French all right. the, I'm the
1: question would be if, if they say Why don't we all speak broken French Why not all speak broken English? Okay You know so Okay um, It could be good mm. Meaning people can learn Broken French The same way they learn Broken English mm-hmm. And that could be Something learned Throughout the continent mm-hmm. But the reality is European culture has invaded the continent and it's transformed Africans in a way that's ir- irreversible. Okay. So we might as well use it to our advantage. Okay. Yes.
2: That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, um, to add to that, um, in terms of language, I think language was really the pathway towards Pan Africanism for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, remember, I remember where I was, I was in my law office. I was in my law office, I was a paralegal, there was nothing much going on, and I thought to myself, I looked at my skin, I looked at my face, and I just it just hit me. The language that I speak is European, my name, my full entire name is European, the faith that I follow is essentially forced upon me because of European mm-hmm. colonialism. Hell, the reason that my skin is so light is probably a result of mm-hmm. colonial rape. You know what I'm saying? So I, um, I put all that together and I said, okay, European colonialism was the reason why I am who I am. But what about me as African outside of the way that I look? And the answer truly was, outside of the way that I look and maybe some of the thoughts I had, the answer was none. I know more European classics like um, To Kill a Mockingbird or um, uh, Dante's Inferno than I would from any other like African classical sort of literature. So then I thought, okay, how do I identify myself as African outside of just the way that I look? And for me it was language So then I went online And it was, it was real simple I just went online and I said What is the most commonly spoken language In all of the continent of Africa And the answer was Swahili
1: Right. Language is important So huge, huge. huge And not just language How we use language And how we use words mm-hmm. And how we use phrases And the specificity In which we use them And the carefulness and the um, consciousness with which we use words is extremely essential because words can disempower us on a subconscious level, and we don't even realize it. Yep. Yes. So, for example. Okay. Very true. That's I true. Agree. One, I agree one with of the things yes. that black people say a lot when we're talking about justice is, oh, that was not fair. Oh, yeah, that would be fair if we did that. You know, if... You know, I gave you a dollar, you gave me four bananas. That's fair, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exchange. But that's a problem when we use words like that in that way. Mm -hmm. Because you you said exchange, right? Fair Yeah. Yeah. Because there's this notion that justice is associated with the fair skin of Europeans. Okay. When we look at the way Europeans operate, right, as a group, as nations, as organizations, right? They don't operate based on the concept of fairness, they operate based on the concept of power. You know, So, by us saying fair, we hold them up as the arbiters of justice, the arbiters of the standards of morality. Mm-hmm. When, if that was the case, Europeans would've, without being pushed f- towards doing it, they would've been give reparations <laughs> to African people <laughs> if they were fair. You know, that's not something Yo, we would have to agitate for. Speak.
3: So, speak.
1: So you're right. Language is part of it. But I think it's also important for us to keep in mind that language is a part of it. Dress, um, the foods we eat and everything, the customs, right? Yeah. But there's more to being African than just a language, it's a consciousness, it's a way of being. Like a cultural thing. Yeah, but it's also a love for all things black. Well, the thing mm-hmm. is, for African Americans
2: like ourselves, and I guess including you, but I really don't count you because your parents are Nigerian. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So you sort of have that. But for African Americans like ourselves, that like either come from the Caribbean island or from the continent of the United States yeah. due to slavery, it's tough for us to make that leap into thinking consciously as an African. Like it, it, you have to do work as somebody that's disconnected from the continent as we are to get back to that consciousness.
1: I actually don't agree. Oh. I, don't, I, I don't really agree. I, I don't agree. Okay, All um, right. talk to you, me. Talk you, to me. That would be the assumption. Okay. The assumption would be that because con- continental Africans are on the continent and because they still speak the language, that they have a higher degree of African consciousness, and that's not necessarily the truth. You know. You have to keep in mind That colonialism Just ended 40, 50 years ago,
0: it's not that long ago. And
1: colonialism Was slavery too mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. I call colonialism In America You had slavery Which was Referred to as Chattel slavery Right? Yes Okay so, you know, that's slavery by force, right? Uh,
2: chattel means property. You were property.
1: property. Yes, right. You were property relegated to the same level like a dog, a donkey, a horse. So exactly. isn't, isn't
0: that what regards to uh, jail now? Inmi- what they no, 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 that? Because, they because you're so no.
1: Or we're talking about something different. Routine. No, chattel slavery is when it's similar. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is similar. It's actually jail and slavery by another name, too. Of course. Because you're property. Yes, you treat this property. So yeah, it is very similar, but chattel slavery was the conscious and open acknowledgement that you are no different than my pig. You are no different than my sheep. You're you're a farm animal. You're not a human being. You're subhuman. You're labor. And that's what made American slavery so different. But colonialism was also slavery, and I say that it was slavery by occupation. Yeah. Meaning you weren't taken away from your land But you were enslaved in your own home that was yeah. that's, that's the good. difference between wow. Your slavery and my slavery mm-hmm. You were taken from your home And brought to the Caribbean and to America I was enslaved in my home mm-hmm. Where I was told what to do within my own home mm-hmm. So that's the difference Colonialism is slavery by occupation So it's recent It's a recent slavery And what I find is that when it comes to The African spirit And the custodians of the African spirit, they're not always living in Africa. You know, Marcus Garvey was, in my opinion, one of the greatest Pan-Africanists. He never stepped foot foot in Africa.
2: I completely agree. What what I'm saying is, my contention is that it would be easier for somebody who came from the continent to make that leap towards... Pan Africanism, not necessarily that it would be because I think Garvey had to take some extra steps. Like he had to get out of the idea that he's Jamaican first. He had to get out of the idea but don't that he is people from Caribbean is
1: somewhat closer to the African. No, no, than-
2: no, 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 geographically and and socially. But I'm just saying, when you're stripped away from the culture and the people that you know, and you're born into a society that told you you were chattel for like two, three hundred years, I think the first step for us. About thinking about pan-Africanism Is getting out of the idea That we are From the country that we were born in first
1: What's going on is Because a big part Of the African identity, identity mm-hmm. Was taken away By force Because mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to speak the language You weren't allowed to practice certain African traditions Right? Right? Mm-hmm. The instinct is still there, right? You can't take away the African from, a, from an African person, and so that instinct shows up through a new culture.
2: I would disagree with that as well.
1: The instinct, the African instinct, you can't take away.
2: No, no, you, you can take away the African spirit. No. I mean there are, there are horrific stories through slavery that shows how the African spirit has been taken away.
1: The African spirit? No, I don't think so.
2: That, you talk. You got to talk to the black slave owners that mm-hmm. were in the United States. You got to talk to the black slave drivers. That when the United States, I feel like if you can be a slave driver mm-hmm. and you could be born into a system where you think keeping watch over people that look like you, unlike a dog or a horse, if right. you can do that, the, Africans, the African spirit had to have been taken away from you.
1: But guess what? Even with continental Africans, right? Mm-hmm. We find the same problem. Yes. So. I agree with that. And these are people that didn't go through American chattel slavery, but they went through colonialism. So, yes, it can be taken away. I'm not saying it can't. Okay. I'm saying that as a group and as a collective, right? I would argue that African Americans are the true custodians of the African spirit. Because where was Pan Africanism born? It was born here.
2: Uh-huh. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. And
1: Continental Africans, right? You ever heard the saying that um, you can't see the forest because you're too close to the trees?
2: Yeah, you can't see the forest through the trees.
1: So a lot of continental Africans that are born knowing the language, born being acclimated to the culture, right? They take it for granted I know but I know they take it So big for granted i I know this for a fact Being a continental African
2: myself No, my best friend is Nigerian I've seen it all the time We would but, sit there And we would eat eon, And they would just use their hands uh-huh. And I'm just looking around going You guys do this like every Sunday This is like a, a family Exactly thing. You know what I mean? It felt like I felt that I was sort of like at home When I'm sitting there eating with this right. family it's, it's a different feel Eating right. with my own family Or, or outside of Any other African... Exactly. You know what I mean? It's taken for granted. It's so taken for granted. But
1: here, because so many of us recognize that that's where we're from. That's where we were taken from, right? And that's our culture. Mm -hmm. There was this strong push towards reclaiming African identity here. And so even the, um, the movement towards understanding Kemet better...
0: Oh. You know what I'm saying
1: Now oh, you, you Hold on Hold
2: on exciting oh, That's just exciting So
0: you said Kemet now right?
1: But continue though After that I want you to Ask What is Kemet
2: Okay Alright
1: So um That movement Towards Afrocentricity mm-hmm. Towards Understanding Kemet better Right mm-hmm. Understanding The builders Of The ancient Civilizations That were great Right Right all that, right, It's African Americans that are more focused and more interested in that history.
2: But it makes sense logically, right? Because, yeah. I mean, we were, we were torn away from something that you were born with. Mm-hmm. And um, our entire culture. I mean, I don't know where Rich is from. I don't know where George is from. I don't know where I'm from. I mean, I'm told I could look. i told I look like I'm Nigerian, but I'll never know for sure. You until don't t- think until I like do the DNA test. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I think the seven. Um, from Guyana, not Guyana, Ghana. But I'm
0: not. Too you sure. see, you're talking about the Ancestry. dot com. Yeah, I want to I I I do that you one. I something. I
3: did the Ancestry. dot com. And it mixed up everything in my family. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <So>, it <listen laughs> up. Wait, wait. I tell you, I had aunts and uncles, family, like my aunts, that's actually my for, my grandfather's sisters. They're saying my, my cousins.
2: It's wild. <laughs>
3: They're saying my cousin. And I'm just like, what? And I'm inter- just to be my first <laughs> cousin is my second cousin. So it's just the whole thing is mixed up. And then based off of the results, it was really weird because based off of we came from we got back to South South Africa. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what country it says. But based off what my family traced back, we go to uh Angola. Angola. But that's what we trace back ourselves. Okay. But looking at what she says, no. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> so I have
2: no idea. It's
0: confusing. It is. It so I is. figured so, I wanna
3: do another one, but I don't know.
0: Yet. So so that that brings back to the point where it's like, where do we come from, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um that's what we do, like, you know, Ancestry.com mm-hmm. and thing. But like twenty
3: three but like you see, I
0: always ask my fam, right? Like I'm talking about my grandma, everything, mm-hmm. right? I want to know my history from, like, I asked my grandma, okay, who was, who was your mother? And then, who was the aunt? And then, who was before that? But... For me, I'm talking like thousands, I'm talking 100 years ago, then another 100 years ago, then another 100 years ago. So now you have to go, well, like thousands of years ago to know who is who from your family and what culture um, um, of who you
2: are. So uh, just to piggyback on what Rich was saying, I think that slavery is a holocaust it's a tragedy absolutely it's a holocaust in the name of capitalism Mm -hmm. but one of the reasons why i believe it makes sense that people torn from the continent overall embrace pan-africanism over everybody else is because i feel like no i don't feel like i know enough africans to know that you guys have an identity within the continent you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are so many Nigerians I know that consider them, themselves Nigerian before they would consider themselves African, mm-hmm. or people from Burkina Faso mm-hmm. that would consider themselves—I don't know what to call Burkina Fasoans—but like, but like they would identify as that because that regionality was stripped from all of us. We sort of just look at the entire continent as home, not a specific region. Mm-hmm. And if you can sort of break. From the idea of you being Jamaican first And just realizing you're black first I think The next logical step is to go Everybody that's from here is
1: one of mine Everybody that's from here is my family You know what I'm saying? Right, and that's where We as Pan-Africanists Want to go to where we want to go Mm. We want to reach that state Where each black person Sees another black person as their brother And their sister Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're not there yet but um, that's what Pan-Africanism is about. It's about recognizing that we're one big global African family. That's right. Also recognizing that there's not flat blackness, because that's an issue too. You know, I'm Nigerian, right? My parents from Nigeria came to America, right? There is a cultural difference between me and a Jamaican, or between me and someone from Guyana or mm-hmm. Ghana, or even from... Between me and somebody from Liberia Which is right next to Nigeria Mm -hmm. There's a difference even within Nigeria Between me, I'm Yoruba As someone who's Igbo The problems though is not in the differences Because I believe the differences Are a source of our power If we look at it in that way Even though there are differences Between us, right Those differences are what makes us Each unique But there's still an African commonality you were talking about, uh, before the podcast That book By Chancellor Williams Destruction of a Black Civilization, Civilization By Chancellor Williams, right? Yes. One of the themes That was central in that book Was that there was a one Africa Right? Historically, right? That we all came from the same source
2: And that I'll keep on for those who don't know The African name for Africa From, mm-hmm. from ancient Kemet It's a kibulan Yes I always look at it As a Kibulan I never think of it As Africa anymore Right
1: And in every African culture You'll see elements Of a connection To the source Mm -hmm. You know There are certain things That we can find In all African cultures You know Go to any African culture Right And when you go they're going to offer you food <laughs> They're going to offer you food And they're going to hate it if you say no Absolutely. It's considered a disrespect you know? That's universal throughout Africa You know, uh, Council of Elders Every African country has that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there are differences too And so my thing is We as Africans should learn to appreciate Understand And respect the differences While at the same time also Recognizing those elements of Africanity That are common to all of us. That's the key.
0: Okay, so let's let's go to Kemet now. What is Kemet?
1: Kemet is the original name of so-called Egypt. (laughs) So
0: wait. Okay. okay, okay. Now here we go.
1: Oh, this guy's excited. All right. So
0: (laughs) here we go. All right. So now we got Africa. Uh Right. Uh That's the continent. That's right. We have um, Kemet. Uh We have um, Israel. Am I correct? No,
2: the yeah. Israel's in the Middle East, no? Middle East, which is Africa. Africa. You consider, oh, it man, little, man, man. You consider the Middle East Africa? The Middle East is Africa. <laughs> this is news. This is news. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I was today. Let's say <laughs> like Turkey, for example. That's considered because Turkey. That's that's what it it's is. not
1: what it's considered. It's what it is. Turkey is everything in the Middle East is Africa. That's Northeast Africa. Israel. I thought northeast Africa stopped with Egypt. No, look at all you gotta do is look at the map and look, I look at the map, Like like
2: Africa's here, and then there's like a little strip, and then there's a whole other like a little strip. That's, that's part of Africa. Africa. That's just like a little strip of water, and then the rest of the land. No, water. no, there's like, there's like there's like there's a bunch of water. There's like a little strip of land, and then from that little strip of land, you got like the rest of the Middle East.
1: And that's part of Africa. I did not think
2: of it. In Israel what? Egypt. That makes sense. Israel. Egypt. I was, I was today. Because the thing is, the Middle way. East is not just considered its own country. That yeah. makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like India, right? Is, so, like, so, so, like, if the Middle East doesn't belong, like, I never thought of it this way, but like, if the wow. Middle East had to belong to a continent, It'd be Africa, it it's, would be Africa. Because yeah. It makes sense
1: because even like Morocco and mm-hmm. Egypt is kind of Morocco's, similar when it comes to like, Morocco's Morocco African. is it's African, but like the Arabic in it. Mm-hmm. That strip you're talking about is the Suez Canal. Mm-hmm. That's it's a tiny strip so, that separates on. that from. No- See, even Afghanistan, all that stuff is. Black people. Hey, here's, a, here's, a better question.
2: here's a better question. Where does Africa end? India.
1: No, I wouldn't say that. Um, I would have to look at the map to see where it begins and where it ends. That's what I'm saying, because like, Turkey's but a great example.
2: You see what I'm saying? Like, I would, I'm like, to, when I think of Turkey, I think like if, if they had to be a continent, I would think Turkey's part of Europe.
1: You know what all I'm saying? Israel, Pac- uh, Palestine, all those... That's all Africa. So I guess it was stopped by like Italy or something like that. Maybe. No, that's... Now, when we're talking about Italy, that's what's going to, right yeah, yes. so to Europe. Yeah, it's closer to the
2: Euro. what are your thoughts on Spain? Like, oh. do you take that little strip of water... As like the divider between Africa and Europe Or do you consider parts of Spain Europe as well? I mean, I mean do you consider Parts of Spain African as well?
1: I don't consider Spain Africa per se because There's more of a distance to it From the continent hmm. And even though There's a strong African presence We know the Moors were there for 700 years Right. Um, I mean technically We have to keep in mind black people we were on this planet first, and we were all over the planet. We're, we're the most facts. genetically diverse we people yes, we on the yeah. planet. Yeah, right. so th- that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, But um, the issue is Europeans tend to come to places and label them the way they see fit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Kemet became Egypt the whole area that was once the great kingdom of Ghana and Malay and Sungai, right, it was broken up into Nigeria and, you know, um, Liberia and Gabon. And
2: mm. did- look at
1: the Caribbean Islands by itself, how much of them just took over. Right. So right. they now begin an independence a lot of the islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that's a problem too. Like, in, in fact, Nigeria is not really Nigeria, you know. A colonial governor named Lord Lugal, uh-huh. Lord Lugard, his wife named the country Nigeria, which means it's fucking wicked. Right. so I fucking
0: wicked. Oh, wicked. I wait, 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 hope everybody it. is getting this right now. everybody so is getting this right now. Please say that
1: one more time. Nigeria was named by A British colonial governor named Lord Lugard. Okay and think of the name right black black people around the water out. i don't want to think black people this. around it's so the water racist. Right? it's so racist but then also <laughs> the name itself right is reference to the people that were there right large population of black people right mm. <laughs> In other words n- Nigga area no, That's what Patrick is. I knew it I yes.
2: knew it I knew it
1: was racist I hope like, I didn't create I hope I didn't create a The first time I you ever saw The
2: Niger <laughs> it's River and I saw it father said Something's off that right. There's no way
1: There's no way an African looked at it And said That's Yo. the Niger River that, right. doesn't, that doesn't make sense And that's the issue Some people have with the name
0: Alright so let, let, wow. let's, let, I fucking
1: so, knew it so, so,
0: so, so let's get deep Let's let, Let's get deep. Is the word African from the word Africanus? Af- it, it, Af- it, Africanus
2: is that's all European. That's why I call Africa al Kibulan. because the only African culture that I knew named the entire continent was ancient Kemet, and they called the entire continent al Kibulan. It was like, I think it really might have been the Romans that labeled the entire continent <laughs> Africa, right? No. It wasn't the Romans?
1: <laughs> no. Who
0: was it? <laughs> You're getting excited, Nairobi. No, because
2: I'm so upset. Africans. I whole that you. They got me so
1: upset. Not <laughs> Africans named Africa, Africa.
2: I don't believe that. Don't it believe is true. That. <laughs> that's that's news. That's right. one of the um well,
3: the,
1: the notion and uh I would say it's a false narrative that Scipio, his name is Plubius Scipio, Scipio Africanus. People say that um he named Africa after him mm-hmm. But that's not how it worked That's when, what I assumed
2: After the no. Punic Wars I thought Scipio-Africanus Oh okay That's no. how they got Africa Long
1: story short And I, know, I don't want to divert too much From what we were supposed to be talking about oh. But Flubius um, <laughs> Scipio Conquered An area In Northern Africa Right? Mm-hmm. And What was the policy With the Romans at that time Was when a Roman general Conquered a particular area The, the name of the area Would be Attached to their last name, okay. and so that's how Plubius Scipio became Scipio Africanus. It wasn't that Africa was named after him; he was named after Africa because Africa, he had conquered that area. He conquered that okay. region. That region, that area, yes. All right. And then somehow the entire continent eventually became Africa. Africa. Yes. So, so what
2: do you subscribe to? Do you? Do you call Africa, Africa, or do you think of it like Al-Kibulan like I do, or am I just insane? There's thinking? nothing
1: wrong with Al-Kibulan, but um, I think African mm. and black are both unifying. Mm. We as African people, we've always identified ourselves as black. And in fact, the name Kemet means land of the black and burnt skin people. That's how we refer to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a name given to us. We recognized that we were black people. Right. And so, yes... I think black is unifying. I think uh African is unifying and those are the terms we as black people should embrace. Alright, so we
0: about to wrap up soon. Mm-hmm. Um so any any more questions we have.
2: You got me with the whole turkey stuff.
0: In conclusion for um what what's what's the what's your take and solution on so we learn about these things, and we need to learn our history,
3: mm-hmm.
0: us as black people. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the solution towards
1: everything? I don't know if I can give a solution towards everything well, in a, t- a sentence. T- to, to your take, To your take. To, <laughs> um,
0: to your to, Like, you can talk about economics. It can be about history. Or you could talk about, like... Well, Dr. Claude Anderson You know solution um, You
1: know Well I will just talk about Two or three things right That I think Black people should be focusing on uh, Number one We should be focusing on Reprogramming The conditioning The conditioning That was born out of slavery And colonialism mm-hmm. Where we've altered Our consciousness Of who we are <clears throat> And so Amos Wilson said it best He said that In order for a small group of people Europeans To be able to control The world population the way they do The only way it's possible Is by Altering their consciousness Of who they are Mm -hmm. Meaning you have to alter their reality So if you can alter the reality Of a being, right? Whether it's a person or an animal, right? You can control their movements You can control what they do Mm -hmm. And so this small organized group Is able to control the consciousness But more importantly The reality of black people And the reality of other non-white people Throughout the world And so we see them as this uh, We see them as this um, Like galactic type of power Right? Which they're not It's just they're organized So that's one thing we need to do Is focus On altering our own consciousness, right? And not being at the effect of Europeans, being Mm -hmm. proactive in how we define ourselves and how we relate to ourselves and how we treat each other. So we shouldn't be looking at each other through a European lens. Mm -hmm. We need to reclaim our Africanity. We need to look back at the good parts of being African, because not everything about being African was good. (coughs) You know, we gotta take the parts that were good and the parts that, pushed us progressively, and you know we need to leave some of the backward thinking, African practices, back in the past. So that's one thing, um, the consciousness. Secondly, is the foundation of love, right? Black people, individually and collectively, we need to learn to love ourselves, we need to be infatuated. In my definition, I used the term infatuation. Mm-hmm. We need to be infatuated With African love, you know, and infatuated with the notion. We need to be irrational when it comes to loving black people, you know, the same way other groups are irrational. The same way, I'm not gonna mention the groups, but there are other groups that they love themselves to the point of irrationality, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. they'll side with their own first. Mm -hmm. We need to adopt that mindset. You know, we need to adopt the mindset that black first, Brother and sisters. And it can't just be a word that's used. We can't just say it. We have to act it. We have to be it. And it has to be normalized in all parts of our lives. So that's the second thing that I think is important. And the third is to focus on the part of our body that's no. ill. You know, <laughs> Every part of the body is important. Right. Yes. But if there's a part of the body that has an infection, that's going through a cancer, then we need to target the medicine towards and the treatment so it's fixing the part of the body so that that infection doesn't spread. For us, the infection is deep, and the cancer is deep. Yes, and is. for us as a collective, it's economics mm-hmm. as well as our financial literacy. Yes. Mm-hmm. We as black people need to prioritize Understanding money better. Mm -hmm. Understanding the intricate workings, right, of how the financial systems work. Understanding black conscious consumerism. We need to be black conscious consumers where we are actively looking, not to support black businesses. I don't believe in the language where we say support black businesses. (coughs) But we need to buy from black businesses. We need to build black businesses. Mm. And that's an important distinction. Support is not a business model. You know, it comes from this notion of you should just buy from me because I'm black. It's narcissistic and narrowistic. And it doesn't work. We've been trying it. Garvey didn't say support black businesses. Garvey said buy black.
2: What did you think about his failed (coughs) star?
1: What? I can't get into that because that's all... (laughs) Topic into itself Okay Maybe right. next time no, you guys so invite me That's
0: a part two yes. That's a part two That's a part two
1: But um Finally real short. Yes. I was I think Garby's
2: I think more Of like a showman Honestly if I, if I look at him Historically He's more like He would be like The little John For pan-Africanism You know what I mean
1: The like, little John He's
2: the little John of, Like he's like the he, he brings all the show and the flash, but no real substance. You know, it's like, yeah, okay.
1: Oh, uh, that's. You know,
2: that's no real. Because, especially with the spelled star line, I was just.
1: That's a whole nother topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a whole. Maybe the others, Charles and Laquania, can address that. I don't want to impede on theirs. But um, that's a. But yes, we need to focus on the economics. The economics is key. We need to look at the mistake we've made, right? Mm-hmm. We integrated socially, but we didn't integrate economically. Mm-hmm. And so we n- now we can't really separate fully to we integrate as well. We have to integrate economically and position ourselves within the system to gain power. And that's where the financial literacy comes into place. That's what um, my good brother Charles and Laquanya, my sister Laquanya, that's something that they've been working on relentlessly, you know, Let's the go. economic literacy. Let's go. And for me, if we continue with the financial literacy, Eventually, we as black people become financially fluent Mm -hmm. and then even financially eloquent Mm -hmm. and we can start to move the needle in the right direction where we can now, when we build these businesses, when we get the money, we're managing the money properly Mm -hmm. and we're doing so with a purpose. So those are the things that I feel we as black people need to focus on. Individually and collectively, thank you for having me on the DC. <laughs> oh, yo, you just broke it I just
0: love it how yeah. you just I broke had, like, it down. Question,
2: question <laughs> and you took yourself. <laughs> <up the floor. laughs> what yo, is, yo he just. Oh, I'm broke sorry. It.
0: <laughs> nah, <laughs> no. that's
2: that. That's it. It's all the guy that usually good. Like that's it. That's I goodbye. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the, the way how he broke, broke, broke it down, that's it. Okay, all right.
0: That's I, it. That's uh, 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 it, I guess. Uh, Thank um, you. Oh, what's just social media? How can people reach you? And then, you, you Niron, uh, uh, answer his question, then that's it,
1: everyone. I'm mainly active on Facebook. Okay. My name is Samuel O. Alarape. Once again, the O file for outstanding. S A M U E L O. A L A R A P E. If you put that in the search on Facebook, reach out to me, connect with me. You can friend request me, and we can connect in that way. Okay. Let's so go. thanks again for having me on the broadcast. Let's go. I know we got to go. Real
2: quick. What are your thoughts on the phenotypical, phenotypical difference, uh, differences? What are your thoughts on the phenotypical differences between Northern Africans and Southern Africans? Like, how do we resolve that issue? Because I know a lot of Northern Africans sort of have a superiority complex. About well,
1: f- f- I don't believe in black people creating caste systems within our society based on skin type. Right. Um, I think all black people are black, and there's no group of. Bl- I I'm not a big fan of the politics of skin color. Neither am I. I you know, within the Black American community. Mm-hmm. Or within the African community in general Mm -hmm. It is an issue So for example in Nigeria We have the Fulanese They tend to be lighter And they're a smaller ethnic group But they tend to be the power center throughout Nigeria It's terrible And so I'm not a big fan of that But also we have to keep in mind That this colorism Is not just restricted to light-skinned people Clarence Thomas, right? He's a colorist, right? He's a black, he's, he's he's darker than me, he's darker than you. It's it's but he has a uh, European colonial mindset.
2: Also, so, I want to shout out Lil Kim and Sammy Sosa. As well.
1: Yes. Stop saying. it, Naira I'm just
0: saying. Stop <laughs> But to answer your question Stop more directly, <laughs>
1: um, but, um, there's this notion that if somebody's light skinned in Africa, that they're mixed with white. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. And actually, we're coming to discover that some of the oldest Africans, right, are from South Africa. Mm-hmm. There was the assumption that the oldest Africans were in Kemet. More research is showing that it might have been in the southern region of Africa with the Sans people. Mm-hmm. And if you look at those Sans people, many of them, till this day, have no contact with Europeans. And if you look at their skin tone, their skin tones are light. Right. The oldest Africans are light skinned. If you really think about it, and they have no mixture with European, so uh, like I said, um, different regions, different temperatures, different conditions lead to different outcomes with the skin color. Right. And then you also have that legacy of slavery, where there was huge you know. Yes. Yeah. So you have that too. But it, Whoopi Goldberg, she's hundred percent African. Think about how amazing that is. Whoopi Goldberg. A descendant of American slaves, right? Mm-hmm. Went through this whole process through generation to generation Instant. for her to be 100% African. She's more African genetically than some Africans on the continent.
2: I know that's nuts.
1: So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Um, I think all black people are African, and the same way we shouldn't divide ourselves in an antagonistic way based on ethnicity, mm-hmm. we shouldn't do it based on skin tone as well.
0: All right, there All right. you have it, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Sam. Oh, there you have it. Thank and you. we are out.
1: We got LaQuanya next. <laughs> How you
3: doing, my sister? <laughs> That's a great surprise. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about what I say. Not wrong. Listen, I heard Nine you. Wrong. I heard so. If first and last, couple. if you know this podcast, that is the first and last couple. If you've right, so. ever given another podcast, leave it alone. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that off camera. Can we finish no, this, this, up? this <laughs> up? I gotta get. <laughs> They've been sorry. watching the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she got to do. Let's go. <laughs>
1: is this your first podcast where everybody's live in person?
0: Nah, no. no. This is our what, what's up. We did. Jersey, third. twice. We did no. Jersey twice.
3: We did about five or more. Okay, yeah, five, right. five, probably, probably six. Five,
0: yeah, but we, we, this is better than online, hundred percent. It makes everything online
1: just so either
2: one of us is <laughs> time traveling. He got birds. I got birds. Yeah, <laughs> he, I got got birds. birds. He, he got
3: so
0: birds.
3: He got
2: birds.
0: So it's like colors. you're gonna hear it.
3: Yeah, you do realize y'all on camera, right? Oh no.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please, I really appreciate if you subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on YouTube, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Spotify, please subscribe, give it a like. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Thank you for listening.